I'm thinking something like. Hi, it's Amber. I'm Melanie. And today's episode is with Fiona Colley. Uh, my fave. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. She's a Nashville comedian from Nashville and mm-hmm. uh, so cool, yeah, funny and like um, like a bad bitch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. She owned, owned the room, owned her space. I loved it. Truly. Mm-hmm. And just her whole story, like um, the details of it surprised mm-hmm. me. Like I was kind of putting in my own like, oh, and how did you feel about this? Expecting a certain answer. Uh-huh. And she gave me a different one than I expected. And mm-hmm. I was like, God, I look up to her that woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. she brought it very authentic. Um, I enjoy that. And I'm talk to people all day long. And it's um, the level of awareness she had of her story was really cool. Yeah, I it's loved a, it. It's a great episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're gonna love it. So yeah, excited for everybody to hear it. The bubble lung thing yeah. has happened. Popcorn lung? Yeah. Or that what yeah. yeah. So not to bring you back to smoking, but why not just smoke? Um, Because it's hard for me to go outside. <laughs> not like <laughs> legit why. <laughs> you know, I'm just like an idea woman, you know, I'm keeping up with the trends. <laughs> Kids love me. <laughs> <laughs> Because you vape. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so how are you? Uh, like right now? Yeah. Or, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm medium. You're medium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I use a number scale. <clears throat> use it in therapy. It's like a zero to ten scale. Ten, you're grounded. Ten's as big as you can feel it. And so, but I find out use those number rating scales for like. How hungry are you right now? If you're an eight, we got to focus on getting food, right? Yeah. So I do it to like kind of check in. Like when I'm busy, I'm like, or a friend, you know, like number scale, where are you? Or how bad are you right now? 10 okay. is grounded? No, zero is oh, zero. grounded, neutral, present, intense. And 10 so is? As big as you can feel something. Mm. Like bad. Yeah. Well, not or bad. Or you could be 10 happy. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Word. Hmm. But it's funny, I use it as a, like, how to know how hungry I am. <laughs> That's a good, I like that. <laughs> or when I'm, my friends are trying to make plans, we've been hanging out all day, and I'm like, okay, how hungry are you? So we know, like, how to plan for the food. <laughs> Smart. Smart. <laughs> I, I know like you it. said before we started filming that you were scared. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, what, what's scared, scary for you right now? Mm, yes, yes, yes. Uh <laughs> You're scary to me. <laughs> You're literally a therapist. Um, so it's the therapy thing that scares you. Yeah. Not me yeah, as yeah. a human, I hope. Yeah. No, you're lovely. You're delightful. <laughs> it's what you've chosen to do. Yeah, it's just like your whole career. <laughs> what? Tell me what's scary about it. Because there's, there's something, experience you've had that kind of set that in place. Um... I don't know. I have like a weird um, relationship with therapy, mm-hmm. probably. I don't know. When I was 15 or 16, my mom yeah. found weed in my room. Mm-hmm. And it actually was not mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why, but I couldn't walk when I smoked weed. 
because I wasn't diagnosed back then, uh-huh. but I, you know, it's genet- genetic. Mm-hmm. Um, so she put me in, like, addicts therapy for, like, years. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like, in high school. Um, and the therapist knew that was not correct, mm-hmm. but my mom do be like that. Um, but she was cool. She was fine. Mm-hmm. I think I just feel like I've tried therapy and, like, I'm kind of seen as just like this 20 something white girl from Franklin. And like, <laughs> it's hard for me to like open up and be like, I have more going on. Yeah. You know? What do you think is hard about it? Because I think that's a common experience, you know? But um, that's why the relationship with the therapist is so important. Right. Like finding the right one. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've done that. Yeah. Um, it probably says more about like my attachment style. To people like I'm avoidant of mm-hmm. shit so when I'm like yeah and they put me in a box like it's probably because I put myself there and refuse to let them open the box well a good therapist will recognize that and help you help you push into it have you ever had someone that you connected with therapy wise no really yeah how many have you been to like three different therapists mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like yeah. how long did you stay with one what do you the what? one was forced by my mom and yeah. then <laughs> the <laughs> other two were like during covid time yeah like zoom or whatever yeah um and it's just so fucking hard to like yeah look at a screen and be <laughs> like you care about what happens to me yeah you know mm-hmm well, you've ca- are you currently seeing somebody? No. Well, if you need to get connected, I can help. Oh. Okay. All right. Yes. I have a dollar if you want. She's a- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to give away my money. Yeah, so you didn't try that before. Bribery? Yeah. Connection. <laughs> it's working. Um, yeah. You said just a minute ago that you weren't diagnosed, so... Can you talk about what that diagnosis is, my beautiful Um, friend Fiona? Yes. Oh, my God. So I have a genetic, progressive genetic disease Mm -hmm. called Friedreich's ataxia. Mm -hmm. Um, And it affects, like, every muscle in your body. And Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's not like my muscles wither away or anything but like my proprioception which is like what tells you where your feet are when you're walking Mm -hmm. or like you know stuff like that is you know it's Mm -hmm. like nerves are all dying yeah yeah do you have experience a lot of anxiety um i didn't know it was anxiety until recently but yeah i get like sick Mm. yeah well you're constantly trying to figure out like your your body awareness in space like when you are constantly you're trying to figure that out it's that you it can create anxiety interesting another fun (laughs) side effect (laughs) (laughs) no i love it it's good um but yeah yes how long have you been diagnosed with that? Uh, I got diagnosed when I was 18, and mm-hmm. I'm 26 now. Wow. Has it been fast progressing? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> it's weird because it didn't feel like it. Like, mm-hmm. you mind if I, like, back up? To yeah. Try? Okay. Go for it. <laughs> so, okay. I'm 15. 
Um, I was an athlete, you know, every sport you can think of. I was really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I hit high school and something felt like off and I Mm -hmm. quit sports and was like, all right, I'm going to be an artist now. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And my mom was like, oh, you're angsty. That's what's happening. And I was like, words. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off, mom. (laughs) Dude, it gets so much So... So things start going weird, like shit, like I would go to school, like I was walking, but the principal would like smell my breath for alcohol because everyone thought I was drunk because of how I speak and walk. Oh, wow. And so I was like, maybe I am drunk. Like I was so confused and I would go to my mom and be like, something is wrong. Uh And she would like yell at me and uh, saying like I'm a middle child searching for attention because my older sister mm. had medical issues like yeah. scoliosis and she walked weird and they were like you're just copying her and I thought maybe I was like I was mm. losing my mind mm-hmm. and then at 18 I like took myself to an ENT because I thought maybe equilibrium problem yeah. and then they were like no and I went and got a balance test done. And I didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, what's an ENT? An ear, <laughs> nose, and throat doctor. Oh, okay. So I really thought that um, it was just like in my ears, like something was off. Like I was yeah. searching for answers before college because mm-hmm. I thought it would get wow. fixed and like then vertigo I could or start something. my life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And how old were you when you were taking yourself? Eighteen, I was. I'm old for my grade, so I was a senior Mm -hmm. in high school. Um, And then balance test, nothing. They Mm -hmm. sent me to a neurologist, and this dude was fucking stoked because that was like his doctor house moment. (laughs) (laughs) Man, oh my man, you know what I mean. But he was like, you either have a genetic disease or a tumor on your cerebellum, which is a part of your brain that deals with coordination, I mm-hmm. think. And I was like, fucking tumor, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, take that shit out and let's get back to work. Yeah. Um, that is not what happened. <laughs> but I got my mom involved when the diagnosis came back because basically I was like here's what I've been doing mm-hmm. your insurance doesn't pay for these tests or whatever will you pay for it she was like if I pay for this you have to shut the fuck up about it and I was like wow. okay and then I was right so I was like really excited to be right mm-hmm. and didn't realize how much it would fuck the rest of my life <laughs> mm-hmm. so now we're here Mm-hmm. Say when you say you didn't know how it would fuck the rest of your life up. Can you talk more about that? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. I I thought it was like a like a quirky trait, like personality mm-hmm. trait. I really didn't think I'd ever be in a wheelchair. I just thought I'd yeah. be wobbly, <laughs> and like that cute clumsy girl in the nineties <laughs> fucking rom coms. <laughs> I took it too far. I took it I too took far. It uh, I know that now. I see the error in my ways. <laughs> okay, so let's... I want to pivot just a little bit here because 
you're talking about some really hard stuff and you're you know i mentioned earlier you're very good at just naturally making fun of the situation at hand you're not forcing a joke but that the reason why we are you know creating these conversations because it's humor is a huge part of how people deal with it um so can you speak to that like how has you being able to make light of like the hard stuff that you deal with that it's natural that makes helps us get through things right but have you have you experienced that where maybe it's been helpful maybe it's been you've noticed mm, it keeps me from kind of looking at some deeper things that are hard um I, that's definitely true mm-hmm. uh but i think you know i've been using humor as a coping mechanism mm-hmm. for years before this mm-hmm. like even as a kid yeah um because you know everyone's family is fucked up but mine included mm-hmm. uh <laughs> so yeah i've always been like look over here don't look at this fucked up thing mm-hmm. i don't i feel like i'm not answering that well um no you are, are. um yeah i think i specifically do that because i'm so uncomfortable about things that i want everyone else to be comfortable Mm. and now it's like transferred to like how i exist as a human i have to Mm. constantly do a fucking dance for everyone so they don't Mm. feel bad for me yeah and it's exhausting but i'm getting better at being less like codependent in my use of it maybe yeah i think (laughs) so well i think that's a pretty neat um awareness that you have but then it's almost like you said at a really young age you learned to do that before you're in a wheelchair and so then this other life thing happens and it like transfers and magnifies because you've already developed it as a skill right Mm -hmm. and so skills are helpful right we we they come because we need them um but then what's where's the the downside of having that really useful skill where is the downside (laughs) (laughs) well i don't see one (laughs) (laughs) well i feel like you you already kind of you already kind of named it where you're like in in a wheelchair i have to feel like i have to do a dance so people don't feel sorry for me that's i'm i'm paying attention and valuing other people's feelings and thoughts and emotions Mm -hmm. over my own you probably learned to do that way before you're in a wheelchair. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think, I think doing it so often mm-hmm. has like kind of like skewed my sense of my own reality. Maybe like I don't really give myself a lot of time to kind of yeah. take a beat and like sit with what's happening. you know what i mean like it's just Mm -hmm. like be funny don't think Mm -hmm. about it yeah is that like when you when it first started to get uh maybe when you were like oh shit i need to get i have to have a wheelchair like in the beginning were you like making jokes or like what was it like in the beginning when it first like got serious serious um and like like after diagnosis i seriously was like i wasn't acting like someone that had just been diagnosed with like a fucking life-altering disease like i was it was like my party trick like Mm -hmm. (laughs) i used it as a conversation point like Mm -hmm. 
It was, again, just like a quirky, cute thing I had mm-hmm. um, that made me different. You know, like I'd mm-hmm. always be like, yeah, everyone says they're one in a million, but I'm like one in four million. So <laughs> <laughs> You're like, damn, that joke was good. <laughs> It's a good joke. <laughs> Very good. Cut, cut that part out. Uh, <laughs> <keep it. laughs> oh, fucking a. Um. <laughs> so you didn't like have a moment where it was like just anger. Or, like- um, I okay, I do actually. It was my. It was a week before my twenty first birthday. Yeah. Um. I was still walking around, and I lived in a house, and my roommate was at work. I had gotten up and went to the kitchen to make coffee, and I was wearing socks on hardwood floor like a fucking sociopath. (laughs) 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 Um, Anyways, I slipped. And I face planted the hardwood and knocked my front tooth out. Oh, wow. This is fake. What? Yeah. Wow. And there was blood everywhere. I had yeah. to take shots out of straws on my 21st. It was <laughs> Oh, <old>. no. <laughs> That's the bad thing that came from that. So I learned a lesson. <laughs> I <used> straws for <laughs> shots. At first you meant like medicine. I did too. <laughs> You're like, no, to get wasted, dog. No, 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 no. I'm still party. I'm fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. No, <laughs> it wasn't fear. <laughs> so it, that that made what you were talking about, like being pissed off. That moment was like, yeah, because I like really, I just wanted to be like a basic college party girl. Like mm-hmm. that was my vibe, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like. The only, I didn't have an, an excuse for that. Because mm-hmm. people would ask me a lot in college, like, you know, how's this affect your day-to-day, especially in, like, dating? Yeah. And when I was first diagnosed, I would do my best to play this down mm-hmm. because I want to scare men off. Yeah. Um, You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I dated this guy. Or the guy I was dating when I got diagnosed... <laughs> He, his um, <laughs> mom and I were close, and we went over to tell her what was up because she was like, kind of woman trying to like heal me with crystals and shit. <laughs> like it was hard. It was hard mm-hmm. to bite my tongue. Anyways, wow. Oh yeah. She was uh, trying to heal you. Yeah. Before I diagnosed, she was like, I think I know <laughs> you need. I don't know enough about crystals to even give one example. <laughs> Rubies? <laughs> I think that's in the Bible, maybe. <laughs> but, like, she, we're all, sitting, we're all sitting at the table, and he's, like, telling her what the diagnosis was and what that means for my future. And, like, right across from me, she puts her hand like over her mouth and goes you need to break up but there i will not have disabled grandkids and that was like the first week what and i'm 18 like i'm wow. fucking holy shit that's a big that's that's a big moment oh yeah how did that feel 
Um, well, back then, I really thought I, like, wanted to be a mom, and, like, when I got diagnosed, the first question I asked was, like, Mm -hmm. would I give this to a kid, and Mm -hmm. I was super grateful, because, no, whoever Mm -hmm. I had a baby with would have to get tested, see Mm -hmm. if they were carriers, whatever. Um, so that... That stung, and I think that, like, kind of started my fear of people, like, understanding how bad this was going to get. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's hard, too, because, like, you said you were close with her, mm-hmm. and you also had, like, a hard relationship with your mom, so it's like, what grown woman is going to be yeah. fucking here for me? Right. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't trust, like, adult men or women. Like, there mm-hmm. was no... I don't know. It was in the craziest part, though. Back to diagnosis. I got this diagnosis. My mom was like, oh, fuck. Because <laughs> my whole life, she gaslit the fuck. Like, gaslit me to mm-hmm. pieces. That's not a thing. Um, and then they were like, what's wrong with your sister? Because she walked weird, too. And mm-hmm. so she immediately got tested. And she has the same fucking thing. So... Wow. What? I'm, I'm, no, I'm just feeling with you. I'm like, oh, oh, I was like, is it because I kill her in a joke? I was like, are you mad at me? <laughs> are you mad at me? <laughs> no, I'm not mad at you. Um, yeah, but yeah, so I, you know. So how, your sister getting diagnosed with it, that how, what's the difference between your age? Four years. Is she, is she younger? She's older. Older. Yeah. Has that felt positive that you have someone that... Oh, my God. Like, yeah. knows what you're going like through. Like, I would give anything for her not to have right. it. But, like, I really don't know if I'd, like, be able to do any of the things I've mm-hmm. done in my life without, like, someone to bounce shit off of that, like, yeah. understands. Like, I can complain to her about... Mm-hmm. Very niche problem, <laughs> right? You know what and I mean. And she gets it. Yeah. yeah. No, she's like my number one. Mm. I fucking love mm-hmm. my sister. It's so interesting. Like before, they didn't know that she what she had, mm-hmm. but everybody was just like she has something. And then with you, well, she the thing is nothing happened to me. Mm-hmm. Like like I wasn't in an accident. I didn't have like a big surgery. Like mm-hmm. nothing like that. My sister. Had severe scoliosis, had surgery for that when she mm-hmm. was young. And so they so kind they of, as like she got that. worse, they put it off on mm, other yeah. things. She mm-hmm. like fell off a mountain one time. And <laughs> <laughs> in like say, a fun way. He said that no, like she really so nonchalantly. <laughs> like the 90s girl. She had yeah. your 90s girl no, moment. She was, she was uh, Soren. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Did you say she was soaring <laughs> off the mountain? Okay. Playing high, you know what I mean? Um, but then that happened, mm-hmm. and they kept blaming shit on, mm-hmm. and nothing happened to me. So they were like, you are copying her and i was like am i i used to like practice walking in my room Mm. (laughs) in high school because i was like i'm fucking crazy and i can't stop Mm -hmm. like 
Yeah. That's a lot, bro. You do a lot of, yeah, you mentioned the word gaslighting. That's a, a lot of that sounds like how your mom responded to things. But yeah. do you feel like you do that to yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, I don't trust anything I think or say is true. Like, I need other people to verify. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I can't blame myself for that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm Yeah, but that's like, where that came from. Yeah. From, that's, when you think about it, your mom's the first human you have a relationship with. It's how you learn how to be in a relationship with yourself and the world. And so look at your mom and... I would think a lot of the ways you patterns you have would make a lot of sense. Yeah. And you're like, this is what I learned from. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. She, uh, it's been, she fucked up a lot and she knows that. Like, I've mm-hmm. been able to be, like, very honest with her, like, Good. now mm-hmm. about, like, how all these things affect me. And she feels terrible and. She's in therapy working on herself, which is Good. nice. Yeah. You wow. know. Um, but yeah. Yeah. She's a good, like, mom to adults, I think. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, she's, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, always working, was never home, like, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> it's so it's so much too to be that age and going through that and like I don't know there's just so much you're like a you're strong dog <laughs> that's a lot well, going the on self advocacy to like take yourself to the doctor at eighteen and I, to like keep keep trying to figure it out yeah I mean I think about it now it's funny because like you know I was so mad at my mom like that's what fueled me because i was like i'm fucking right about something you know yeah but in reality if she would have taken me and got me tested when i was 15 and i first started complaining Mm -hmm. i would not be who i am today because i like was given 18 years of feeling like I had the whole world in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I like, and I'm grateful for that. Like, mm-hmm. cause you know, it's, it's all kind of been downhill for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's like been a hard thing to wrap my mind around, which I don't think I really have. Um, but like her gaslighting me, I'm a little grateful. <laughs> Men disregard that last comment. <laughs> you don't do it right, okay? Yeah. Let women do it. You gaslight with care, <laughs> <laughs> or not at all. <laughs> well, talk more about that. Why? Why you feel grateful for that? Um, because I okay. So I've been in a lot of like clinical cells where I've met other people with my disease at different stages, blah, blah. And I've met a lot of younger people that are, you know, same severity as me, but they have like capped themselves of what they're capable of doing on their own because they were diagnosed so young and so mm-hmm. their mom and they feel like they can't do anything by themselves. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, they all live with their parents. They don't have jobs. They didn't go to wow. school. 
and I ne- I wasn't, like, given the opportunity to feel bad for myself before I, like, committed to, like, trying to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, it yeah. almost, what I'm hearing is, like, the earlier diagnosis, like, just starts putting blinders on, like, what you feel like is possible. So, right. sometimes, it, I would imagine someone diagnosed younger, they're not going to, I'm sure it's difficult, but there's like a, a loss and a grieving to be done when you have this whole sense of future. Yeah. You have to let go of like that, that dreaming and idea of whatever that was. That's right. real. I mean, I went into college as a painting and drawing major, mm-hmm. um, but because of this disease, my hands don't work the way they used to, so mm-hmm. I switched to graphic design because mm-hmm. I thought I can press buttons forever. Like, look at Stephen <laughs> Hawking. So you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, okay. grieve losing the idea of a future you might have yeah yeah that that just changed but i also did never see like comedy in my future Mm -hmm. um so i don't know i love graphic design i'm glad i you know got a degree in that i'm I'm still doing that Mm -hmm. um but yeah yeah i think just learning how to like pivot and not like fully let go of what you want but Mm -hmm. like making it work for you yeah i'm I'm interested in that because you Mm -hmm. were like oh i didn't lose or i still had that these like dreams until it started to go downhill how did you turn it around when it went downhill like how do you stay so you're already laughing. <laughs> you're like, what? What are you gonna say? Positive? <laughs> and then just like, how did you shift to being like, I'm still gonna be motivated and uh, make dreams for myself? Mm-hmm. How did you do that? Oh man, um, I think as ah fuck, that's a hard question. Um. Like, as I've progressed in the this disease, I've, like, what I want for my future has changed at each stage. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I, I will say, like, as shitty as this is for my body, obviously, like, the perspective I've gained is, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't trade that, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um I was a bitch before this, you know. <laughs> you were a bitch. Oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, what? But yeah, I was the, I was a bully. Come <laughs> <laughs> me the fucking wobbly bitch. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of weevil. Okay, I'm done. Um, weevil wop on nose. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I am. What's the perspective <laughs> shift that happened? The perspective shift. Um, yeah, I think so. I'm from Franklin. Mm-hmm. You know the area. Mm-hmm. A lot of wasps out there. Um, <laughs> it is 
You know what I mean? So <laughs> I was very like like vain and the things I thought mattered mm-hmm. do not matter to me anymore. Yeah. Um and I think I was just like willing to like care about things that have more longevity. You know what I mean? Like developing friendships and mm-hmm. like your personality and mm-hmm. understanding how to listen to people <laughs> and like human things. Right. Um pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think my perspective on what matters and like what gives a person value mm-hmm. has completely changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm I'm happy for that. No, yeah. Those are yeah, that's those are great things that come from the perspective like you said, it's just a perspective where you it's just very unique one that you have. And it seems like you were able to shift from feeling like this was like something that caused an issue that you had to make up or apologize for for some reason that something that felt ended up being very empowering and helping you grow in ways you didn't know you could or or should or whatever you know right no that is absolutely true um you know my glass half full kind of gal so <laughs> try to keep it that way you know, that's so hard that, that's a hard attitude for anybody to keep but mm-hmm. especially the support we speak a little bit to it seems like there's a lack of support as a young person yeah what does your support look like now mm, i have friends <laughs> that's a very cool um <laughs> but you have supportive friends yes i do i actually i recently had to end a couple of friendships that were like from my past that yeah. i had brought like when you let history kind of yeah. like uh, shackle you to a person yeah. regardless of like you know what's actually there how much you have in common or if mm-hmm. they're good for your life so yeah. i had to end a couple of friendships recently mm-hmm. and i'm really happy to say that like the women i keep in my circle now are just like all amazing people okay. you know will you talk a little bit because i imagine there's people that are listening um that that are in those positions where we've had friends like friends or family it's like they're built in we have these obligations to the or loyalties to the relationships, but they're not healthy. And as we grow as humans, we realize where we we need to put some more in peripheral mm-hmm. to us. Um, what what did you notice about the friends that whatever you, you knew you saw or experienced where they need to kind of be more peripheral, and these friends that are really supportive. If you're just, you're looking at character of person or how you experience the relationship. Yeah, I mean, this is like very specific to me. Um mm-hmm. but like those friends always found a way when we were out or they came over anything, anytime mm-hmm. I was around them to like slip in the fact that they like think I'm a burden or like mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is so annoying. I have to, like, help with your wheelchair. Like, shit like that. Like, yeah. Or they'd invite me because they wanted to get to the front of the line. Or I have good parking. You know? Did they say that? Oh, yeah. But they thought, like, we were cool enough for them to talk to me like that. <laughs> so it's, like, it was hidden for a while. Wow. Well, yeah. Well, you get, you. I think in those moments, tell me if this if is something you experienced. You have 
you're choosing in those moments, like, do I laugh and go along or put up with this hurt? Or do I lose this connection with my perceived friends? Right. Right. Um, and for years, I did mm-hmm. the laughing. Going, I just like, I thought quantity over quality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. was important because mm-hmm. I like wanted to be someone with a bunch of friends but mm-hmm. like it's funny because like as I like ended those friendships like it made room for so many yeah. better people mm-hmm. and so like yeah I just I think like when you realize if you're in trouble you can't call that person like they wouldn't help you because that would be inconvenient to yeah. them mm-hmm. and yeah that includes family and mm-hmm. like i just don't think like time or history makes you owe anyone anything yeah mm. yeah <laughs> you <guys> like- <laughs> so and talk about the qualities of the friends that are around you now um <clears throat> They, like, for example, they literally just came over and, like, painted the inside of my house for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, did I tell them? Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, <laughs> I don't know, like, I can call, okay, so I told you I do this, like, dance, keep everyone happy, gotta mm-hmm. keep it light, like, I don't talk about my disability much around Mm -hmm. people that I don't think can handle it. But, like, Mm -hmm. any of the friends I have now, like, I get sad a couple times a month where I just, like, break down about what's happening. Yeah. And I could call those people, and Mm -hmm. they would, like, sit there and listen to me for hours, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I have Mm -hmm. never really had that. Yeah. That feels good, I bet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Really good. (laughs) So not being an inconvenience... That it seems like there's that's the stark difference with how you feel in those different ones. Mm-hmm. Do you feel and when you think about your mom and how she responded and showed up in this? Did, do you think did she give you that sense that you've you were like a burden to her inconvenience? Yeah, I mean, both of my parents did. You know, like growing up, that was definitely the vibe. Like, any time mm-hmm. I was upset or wanted to talk about something, it was always, oh, my God, you're such a middle child. And it's mm-hmm. like, you made me one. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> she could have stopped, you know. What I mean? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love my brother. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But with her... I think, like, the root of why she was, like, so dismissive to Mm -hmm. these things, she didn't want anything to be wrong with her kid. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, you know, if we don't put a name to it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many many of us do that with all different kinds of things? But Right. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's okay, (laughs) you know, that that's how it should go. No. I just like trying to understand it. Yeah. Not be okay with it, but, like. It sounds like you've been doing a lot of work. I watch a lot of TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Please edit that part out. <laughs> TikTok is my doctor. No. TikTok is my no. doctor. <laughs> my doctor. <laughs> no further questions. <laughs> <laughs> 
is that really like i'm just gonna do this, this is, <laughs> i just want to get this out of your face but is, yeah you get a lot of info from tiktok i know oh, melanie's no, like stop this no, no, no. Oh, okay. i'm just kidding i'm <laughs> well everybody has adhd at this point oh my god i'm like am i autistic maybe <laughs> yes you know i have there i have noticed an uptick in like young people like questioning like bringing that in and wondering wow because I'm what I experienced as the therapist is that we're, we're just disconnected or we grew up in environments where we weren't we weren't able to interact with emotions and talk about them and understand them and so we are we weren't exposed to like social things and then we go through COVID that mimics any of that trauma that we have that will bring it up and we are replay our, our nervous system doesn't have a time like a clock on it so mm -hmm. it's experiencing it again so we're all now trying to reconnect again and everybody's like I think what was it Somebody was saying when you get on the phone with somebody now, you're kind of like, what? <laughs> you know, it's hard. you're talking over each other. We are all having to reorient back. And if you're prone to always guessing for yourself, like so it's me, something's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And we try finding a label has helped. Then I think that's what, you know, just the, un the understanding part. And yeah. so ADHD, the symptoms overlap with so many things, so many trauma response stuff that it, it, it can, you can experience it just like, true ADHD but I think it stops you there when you when you label like almost it's a perfect example of what you're saying you're like I didn't have this label and so it, I wasn't limiting what I could think and do mm -hmm. and I think sometimes we get so many labels um and and I need to try to understand or validate ourselves when we just know we are who we are and we we don't need validation from anything external but mm. we're programmed in a way to seek that out and, yeah. But it kind of puts these blocks for us to really I mean, expand. like, I don't think anything, I think it's great to, like, get the label, get the information you mm -hmm. need. But, like, yeah, to limit yourself based mm -hmm. off that, I do say that constantly. Mm -hmm. And it is really hard for me to sit there and act empathetic towards stuff like yeah. that. Like, the amount of times someone with ADD has come up to me and said, like, I understand. <gasps> what? <laughs> I'm not You're kidding. Joking. This shit happens all the time. Or some bitch with, like, a sprained ankle. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I've had both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a sprained ankle in human form. <laughs> Do, really? A girl came up with a sprained ankle? Yes, this happened last weekend at Rosemary. How do you respond to that? I get very angry now. Yeah. I used to be like, ha, ha. And now I'll be like, fuck you. Do you say fuck you for oh, me? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've like lost my ability to like do the social nice. Like they need to yeah. fucking know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, not everyone's as strong as me. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing but we're like no I though like, it's true no it's, it's like, a lie. you know own that power uh, don't discount it <laughs> it's yours my nails aren't even painted girl <laughs> <laughs> mine never well i mean what does that have to do with being strong i was like calling back to something that was said off camera and i just realized <laughs> might be might be might be um <laughs> <laughs> what like obviously people say stupid shit to you a lot because you have that in your comedy too mm. um <laughs> i well what's like i don't know i guess 
people saying stupid shit yes but is there like an opposite of that where people are like oh like that guy who was like does she need help in the bathroom oh my god also kill yourself like that <laughs> oh my like, or people are like <laughs> yes can you come wipe for me <laughs> <laughs> sorry 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 i didn't mean that sorry sorry <laughs> um no, like the fucking worst is people will constantly and like I'm tired of being like, oh, they had good intentions. No, yeah. mm-hmm. no. And when people are like, how how do I know when to help you? Mm-hmm. I'll ask when I fucking ask. I'm an adult. I pay taxes, kind of. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, yeah, like I would rather someone be like really rude to me than yeah. be this like fake southern mm. nice I want to get into heaven yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. That makes me furious. I will always yeah. be meaner in the face of that. Like I kind of mm-hmm. got some respect for someone who can be publicly rude to someone in a wheelchair. That's kind of <laughs> dope. Fuck yeah. I mean, hell yeah. <laughs> Like, get your bag. You know what I mean. Get you, wait, did, did right. you get paid for that? I don't know what that means. I'm just trying to be trendy. Uh, get your bag, babe. Get your bag, bitch. Okay. Um, go off, King. Um, I I love you so much. Mm-hmm. I think you're cool and strong and smart and funny. Same. May I ask your like? Can you tell me about like the relationship with your body like before I love when you already start laughing and smiling. You're like, I'm about to tell a joke. Like, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a good time. <laughs> you don't have to. No, no, no. Go, keep when you rephrase it. Y- yeah, like hmm. <laughs> Hmm. my so my relationship with my body like before and now yeah before like you knew what the diagnosis was and then when you knew and what that meant for the future like i guess just like you spent a lot of time being like am i crazy am i crazy Mm -hmm. and then your body was like oh this is what we're doing we have this how did that make you feel towards your body oh my god um I honestly, I think, like, well, again, I fucking celebrated being right. Like, that was, like, my immediate response was I was stoked to be right for the first time. Mm -hmm. It felt like a relief from being, like, gaslit. You're like, see, I know me. Right, right. I was like, I'm aware of things, you know. (laughs) Back to every job that fired me for falling down flights of stairs and stuff, and I told them. That was very fun. Fucking frothy monkey. <laughs> I will never drink their coffee again. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> they sound a liability. Um, I was. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have to, like, say it. Well, like, you don't say it like that. <laughs> Wait, that's before they knew that you had. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I worked there in high school when I was 18. So I was waiting for the test results. It takes uh-huh. three months for them to come So they back. were just based on, in their perception, someone that's clumsy? 
Yeah, they thought I was <laughs> or accident prone. drunk or stoned all yeah. the time. Yeah, but customers loved me. So they had to get a food runner when I worked so someone could carry my shit. Oh. Um, but it was when I cleared off a bunch of tables and I was going down the stairs and I fell and everything broke Damn. and I was pretty gnarly. I got diagnosed like two weeks later though mm-hmm. and I was, they were like, don't sue us. You oh. know what I mean? <laughs> I love the shoulder shrug. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't up anyways, you know, I wasn't diagnosed yet, but I can't tell if when I look at you, if it's like bad for audio. No. Okay, cool. Sorry, I feel like I've been side-eyeing you this whole time. (laughs) So you were all, like, after you were like, I'm right, you just, like, your mindset was like, all right, let's keep going. Let's do this. Yeah, like, nothing had changed. Mm -hmm. Like, I honestly, coping mechanism, I think I was just pretending not to understand what it really meant like i thought this makes me more interesting this gives Mm -hmm. me an answer to why i walk this way yeah and i get to go and shove this shit in everyone's face (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean um and so i was just like on a high for probably the first like year and a half of like Mm -hmm. feeling validated yeah And then I realized that... Oh, now i got to deal with this. This Yeah, I'm like, oh, but it's really happening. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I thought it was on pause for some reason. Mm -hmm. Because the thing about, like, having a progressive disease, it's, like, very strange. Because it's not like I wake up and, like, I'm like, okay, I know how to be disabled like this. Every day is different. Every day is harder. And so Mm -hmm. I'm never a master at my own body you yeah. know what i mean yeah that's a good way to put it because a lot of t- it's like you can wrap your head around things easier when you're like okay i know what i have to deal with and how this all works but it's a continual thing every day of like what's gonna what you have to deal with right yeah. it's a roller coaster and i yeah. do have like good and bad days like mm-hmm. physically um at what point did you have <laughs> to um did you become like wheelchair like bound yeah, um, about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so. so. I bet that was a big shift when that happened. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had a walker before the wheelchair. Uh-huh. Someone at uh, Mike told me that uh, a wheelchair was way hotter than a walker. <laughs> <laughs> like word that's why i did it so um (laughs) i mean honestly so i went from walking and i couldn't get served at bars because they all thought i was fucked up and i'd be like no i have this and they'd be like we've heard that one before i'm like where um (laughs) and then then i had like canes which was a really cool phase uh, i had different canes for every outfit like i was i love really it intense about it uh, like i still have like 14 canes and so <laughs> i like hide them all over my anyways um wait finish that <laughs> all over my house i bet that you are my birthday i have that sword cane <laughs> 
a Roy, man a blind <laughs> I went on a blind date one time and he showed up with flowers and a cane with a sword inside for me Oh, that's pretty awesome I never went out with him again but he let me keep the cane and it was very cool that's so cool I love that he's a nice guy uh, and that's why he had to go. Yeah, I had to fucking go. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> a little edge. Yeah. Slap me around. You like you mentioned you like people that are publicly mean to people in wheelchairs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is that too much to ask? Right. Like, Be awful. Like you're already doing it behind closed doors. Like, <laughs> fucking break into the street. <laughs> Big Daddy. Big Daddy. <laughs> well, kind of tell us how you you found your way to comedy. It wasn't something you had your sights on and thought could you know would be something you did. So how did? No, I hadn't that even work? considered that that was like a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, so I was dating a piece of shit. Okay. Um, and, and I think I had, like, gone to Zany's to, like, watch mm-hmm. some shows. And it's not like I was like, eh, I could do that. But, like, I was like, I want to try. That mm-hmm. would be cool. I'm funny in conversation, maybe, mm-hmm. you know. And I told this dude I was dating that I <clears throat> thought I was going to go and open mic or something. Mm-hmm. And he told me not to, and he was like, it'll be embarrassing for you and me, and I don't need that. Mm. So we broke up. Good. Um, And this was years ago, mm-hmm. okay? Um, We broke up, and then I... Marvelous Miss Maisel wasn't even out yet, okay? <laughs> okay, let me preface. Please. I have to. That's a time marker. <laughs> I got really drunk on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I show up to a house party, and mm-hmm. I had told my friends, like, I think I want to try, but I'm scared. Mm-hmm. And I found out my friend was having this house party. She had bands, like it was packed. Mm-hmm. And she had put on the flyer stand-up comedian Fiona Colley. <gasps> and I was pissed <laughs> and very drunk. And <laughs> A good combination. I mean, yeah. And I had no material. Like, I didn't. I was like, okay. Um, and I sat in a chair very similar to yours, like a comfy chair. Like, 50 people sat on the ground of this house, okay? It was, like, story time. Oh, my God. And I just shit-talked my ex-boyfriend, and I crushed. Yeah. There you go. And then I was like, I'll never do it again. And <laughs> I was so scared. It was so uh-huh. scary. I was like, that was random. Uh-huh. And then I went to Atlanta for a clinical trial, and, you know. They pay for your stay, your food, all that shit. Mm-hmm. So I went out with a friend. We were bar hopping the night before this trial. I'm an idiot. <laughs> it took a lot of blood. I was not okay. Um, and, and I was like, I want to watch some comedy. We go to the punchline. Mm-hmm. Um, someone couldn't make it. So they were like, we're doing a bucket spot. I didn't know what a bucket spot was. And they explained and I, my friend was like, <gasps> and I was like, no, absolutely not. I go to the bathroom like 
raging idiot and I come back she's pulling the name Fiona Colley and I was like what and she was like I didn't think she'd pull you and I was pissed drunk again (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I get on stage I don't remember what I said but they invited me back it was very cool yeah and I didn't do it again for years and then COVID happened and I didn't do it during COVID. And then finally, my roommate at the time, Jocelyn, fucking shout out, um, she forced me to try an open mic. And I went to the East Room October, this past October. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that mic and got booked on my first show after my first mic back. Wow. That's so exciting. It was cool. The third time, (coughs) what made you be like, okay, I'm going to do this? Because those other Mm -hmm. two, you were like, nah. Because I started getting forced to, honestly. (laughs) I was like, one and done, baby. But then I started getting like booked on more and more shows, and I was like, I guess I have to keep doing this. Uh, Do you want out? (laughs) I'm like, I'm literally being held at gunpoint right now. Uh, No, I love it so much I, I was just so scared the fear kept me from it and mm-hmm. i used to have to drink before i went on stage and now i can do it sober which oh, is crazy that's awesome i love that's so that. dope mm-hmm. yeah yeah well it, yeah do you feel like the doing it those few times when, when it was just it wasn't planned you just did it and it was fun that would it keep did it you want to kind of keep that as like a sacred experience by like starting yeah like i was like if you have to yeah yeah like it wasn't a job it was like a random thing that now i can tell people i've done stand-up before Mm -hmm. i'm like that's pretty interesting and cool (laughs) but now i'm just like a full-blown narcissist you (laughs) (laughs) You are not a narcissist (laughs) She's had to tell a couple of comedians. Say it again. (laughs) You are not a narcissist. (laughs) Oh, how does it feel to talk about you, like your condition, you being in a wheelchair, all that on stage? Like, do people, they... Do they laugh? Do they not laugh? Do you love it when they don't laugh? Oh my god, when they don't laugh, I get really angry. I finally <laughs> started acknowledging how angry it makes me when I get the oh. I'm like, you're a fucking comedy show. If I hear that again, I will throw myself out of this chair. <laughs> <laughs> Do you say that out loud? Yeah, oh, for oh, sure. For I want to come to one of your shows. <laughs> when are you playing around here next? Saturday. I'm there. Wait. Oh, the blue. Yeah. Blue Room. It's an abortion care TN fundraiser. Wait, what? The Blue Room? Plug it. Well, it won't matter by the time this airs. Never mind. (laughs) Okay, well. (laughs) Never mind. Cut that out, please. (laughs) Even past your show. Yeah. Yeah. Keep caring. (laughs) So Saturday at the Blue Room? Yeah. Okay. That's fun. That's cool. Hell yeah. What time? Uh. (laughs) Sorry. I need to stop. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> there's there's times where you get you forget we're like recording a podcast. <laughs> we're just talking. Um, <laughs> seven or eight, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um about talking about your Oh, right. Um yes. I 
I think like I already knew how to make it like an approachable subject because mm-hmm. I've been like doing that for so long. I didn't yeah. know if like a large group of people would be into that or if I would just make everyone too sad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I make disability look fun. Mm-hmm. You crush, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're great. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. Do you feel like you give enough room to the, the difficult stuff? Because you're really good at making it fun and like standing in, like stepping into the, the parts that help have expanded you as a person. Do you give enough to the hard part, like enough space for that, you think? I Absolutely not. I'm going to say no to mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, no. I, I think I don't... In, Hopefully, at some point, I'll figure it out, too. But I'm scared if I do, it'll kind of kill some of the, like, fun spins I have mm-hmm. going on. You mm-hmm. know, like, I don't want to pop that bubble for myself because what if I stop finding the humor in this? Well, that yeah, I think that's the huge spotlight of this podcast is that I think comedians think they have to be one or the other there's not room for both of those that and it seems like uh, your identity or worth or how good of a comedian you are rest in your ability to be funny even if it means being funny about the hard stuff it's like a, when I think it's a double thing of way that you work through the experience you know or work with it or interact with it in some way that feels tolerable right but it, it can also lend it to being a thing that kind of pushes that over to the side a lot do you mean handling it on a stage or in, in, like in personal either life? or like mm-hmm. just like what she said if i if i sit with the the pain or the hard stuff i'll lose my ability to be funny about this and, and make disability look good mm. right that'd be fun just marketing 101 <laughs> <laughs> see <Some> jokes <laughs> i can be serious i can do it but when you're so good at it I mean, it's a skill. You lean into it, you know. That that is a fear, though. I don't want to be not funny. Yeah. Then Do what you would I be? Well, I would say notice that you, the belief is that you have to pick one or the other. Mm. You don't. <laughs> Fiona's not convinced. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it would make it even funnier. I feel like we've had this conversation before about some darker things that I talk about. If I like, you know, healed from it mm-hmm. and then was uh, I was able to look at it from more sides. You, you know? know what? I will say the weirdest thing to me, um, I there's one thing I can't talk about on stage. I've tried. I know everyone's always like, we feel bad for you. This is just sad. My fucking dad. Mm-hmm. I try. There are so many jokes I can make, and I know how to make jokes. I know how to, you know, mm-hmm. can't fucking do it. Um, so I think there is some truth in, like, accepting or understanding something before you can bring it to mm-hmm. a stage. What happens when you try? Um, I literally I told a story about him. Mm-hmm. Dead silence. Um, which does not feel good mm-hmm. and then i got off stage <laughs> and some of the comics were like yeah i don't think you're ready to talk about that because mm-hmm. like you seem hurt wow and i was mm-hmm. like okay 
Fuck oh. you too. <laughs> Show you hurt. No. <laughs> you know pain. <laughs> throw myself out of this chair, bro. <laughs> Wobble your head. I'm gonna throw myself out of this chair and say you did it. <laughs> Long term pain. You're going to jail, bro. <laughs> Some legal pain, bitch. Yeah. That did give me a chill, though, when they were like, I think you're, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit, now that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can still, they can see your pain yeah, in it. Yeah, they can smell it. Can I ask a question from, as someone not in the comedic, because it's been, it's fun getting to hang out with like a room of comedians. <laughs> uh, it's very, the energy's very different from what I do all day. <laughs> but what's the, um, I just lost my train of thought. Pain, seeing pain in a joke. Oh, okay. From the outside perspective. Being able to, it seems like there's a thing about like, it's just a known thing that comedians bring. Like like someone said, you're not ready for that yet. You're still, so it's like they knew you bring your pain to the stage. Is that a thing? Um, yeah, I would say. And honestly, you, okay, this is, personal opinion this is not mm-hmm. fact um but for me to, to like enjoy another comedian's comedy mm-hmm. i want to feel like i know something about you mm-hmm. and i think people have seen success like this bitch <laughs> she is good at like she does the whole like here's some real shit but i'm gonna make it approachable mm-hmm. but there are a lot of comedians who are like not like clearly not diving into their own stuff mm-hmm. and like probably because they're healthier people than us absolutely not um, <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like if i don't feel like i've learned something about you and you made me laugh at something that you shouldn't laugh at mm-hmm. i don't really fuck with your comedy too much yeah i think it connects the community too because it's such a solo path yeah at the end of the day but Mm -hmm. what makes it a community where you feel like these are my people is that you can all be like yeah i'm fucking hurting and it's like oh me too dog i'm gonna go Mm -hmm. up there and hopefully not bomb you know well i was cracking (laughs) up literally last night um some of the comics were like how you been and i was like i'm a little depressy spaghetti and they're like me too Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, everyone is hurting, and we're all, like, pretty vulnerable about that fact. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not any shaming on, you know, being sad. or like, There's almost more shaming on being happy in the comedy yeah. community. Like, you don't know well, ridiculous if you're, like, healthy and happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like it's part of the craft is knowing how your pain can be, like, mm intertwined with humor yeah like it's part of a, a skill set yeah it, and being a comic almost is what i'm getting from just getting to be a part of these conversations recently that makes me feel like a superhero you are a superhero we're basically my superhero doctors or something <laughs> <laughs> they were basically doctors kind of you know, if you like don't think about it too hard it totally makes sense yeah um, just disregard earlier when she said kill yourself <laughs> or go to tiktok for therapy i'm gonna prescribe you uh <laughs> 
I'm not gonna finish that. But, uh. Um, so what's your good news? Yes, I want you to share your great, awesome, amazing, fucking, cumtastic news. Oh. And then also something that you do for yourself that is just like that makes you happy, like your your me thing. In what order? Whichever you choose. <laughs> okay. How about the thing you do that's that's okay. it's happy because I feel like we'll forget that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So go do that one first. Oh my god, this is embarrassing. I feel like I should have something. Um. I like to smoke weed before bed. <laughs> Every night I get high with me and my dog in my bed. You get your dog high? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, Peter's going to be pissed, bro. No, Peter's not listening to this. <coughs> Real good. Don't come for me, Peter. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. Oh, my God. I... I think that's a great answer. Yeah. Yeah, if that makes that's you happy, like that's like my dope. favorite thing. I get Good. excited about it every night. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. Cool. Okay, good news. Okay. Um, even more of an update than you actually have. <clears throat> so, about two and a half, two years ago, I was in a trial. They were trying to find treatment for... Friedrich's ataxia. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call it F.A. from here on out. Okay. Um, for F.A. And basically, you got to know, like, the only difference between, like, me and you, like, why you can walk and I can't, you produce a protein called frataxin. Mm-hmm. I don't make enough of it, so I make mm-hmm. about 10%, okay? And my mm-hmm. mom is a carrier. She mm-hmm. makes 40%, but she was, like, a D1 athlete. Like, you don't need all of it, mm-hmm. right? Okay, sorry for the science. So mm-hmm. the trial, they're injecting frataxin, into me and mm-hmm. trying to get my body to figure out how to keep producing it. Mm-hmm. Um, they released like four days ago um, uh, new findings that mm-hmm. basically throughout the phases they've done and clinical trials are generally four phases and mm-hmm. they're entering phase two, I think that it's working mm. it's like more than doubling the percentage of protects that i have mm. wow are you in that trial right now no but i think i think i'm in the next phase in january wow so i'll be in new york in for three. a month <gasps> that's so exciting wait so you've already had an injection right yeah i had one because they were, like, scared because mm-hmm. the monkey died or something. Uh, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Boo-hoo. <laughs> Again, Peta, we're so sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I always feel bad at laughing at some of the things we're laughing at. <laughs> no. But it's funny. You're, you're, y'all are good at your craft. <laughs> Oh well, God. that's freaking exciting. Yeah, fucking stoked. Congratulations. So. Even there, that's yeah. I uh, yeah, which just this circles back to the first thing we talked about: mm-hmm. accepting new realities. That's mm. what came up. It's like there's going to be another shift for yeah, you. To, like I'm if have this to fucking write new well, jokes. So 
Oh, no. <laughs> My comedy career is over. <laughs> no. Well, I feel like there's managed expectations as you go into it. Yes. Consciously right? optimistic. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if it does work, it's another shift where you're like, it'll just, I think it expand things for you, honestly. Mm. Yeah. I'm really stoked because mm-hmm. like before I was you know, I had to accept the future of like eventually not talking or seeing or hearing. Mm-hmm. I'm Helen Keller, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't, I don't fear for that. I'm hopeful. I have faith in science. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah. Well, Fuck and yeah. this this will be another topic or something for you to think about, or I don't know. But you'll have to build a your identity gets so intertwined with um, a disability and or, or being in a wheelchair or just, mm. you know, it, you, I think if, if things start going in a different direction, that'll be another big piece of like identity and your comedy, I think mm. certainly would change as you change as a person. Cause it, it seems like it got developed in the midst of all of this. And so just let it take it with you and let yeah. it, you know, no, that's going to be weird. I don't know. Maybe just keep the wheelchair just in yeah, case. Let's just like, bring it on stage yeah if you start to like go downhill just be like just kidding I'm like oh god wait it's back <laughs> you fucking hurt <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell people it's contagious <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can't give you a hand job <laughs> oh, darn it I really wish I could god that would be so awesome <laughs> if only <laughs> um so where can people find you, follow your comedy? Because you are freaking hilarious and you're mm-hmm. popping off. So they better get on it now before it's your we got you first. bandwagon in it. <laughs> Where's all your um, socials? And this is embarrassing, but I'm mainly on Instagram. I, it's just my name, Fiona Colley. And then I'm on TikTok, too. <laughs> also, Fiona Colley. Spell your last yeah. name. C-A-U-L-E-Y. Yeah. I would say spell the whole thing. F-I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously. <laughs> F-I-O-N-A-C-A-U-L-E-Y. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for yeah. coming on here. This has been so fun. Yeah. Thank you for Thank having you. me. I've enjoyed talking to you. You're not as scary as I thought good. you were. Good. <laughs> yeah. Was that scary at all? No. Okay, good. <laughs> what? She's like, okay, zero to ten. How's through? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please give me a number. <laughs> I'm like, seven? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, like, don't understand how the scale works. <laughs> You said I don't understand how the scale works. Okay, just scratch the scale. <laughs> scale. It worked for me. <laughs> Doesn't mean it worked for you. That's okay. Thanks for listening to I'm Fine, It's Fine podcast. I am trauma therapist Melanie Reese, and you can find me across all platforms at Trauma Therapy Nashville. My name is Amber Autry. I am a comedian here in Nashville and internationally touring. You can find me on all platforms at Amber Autry Comedy. And while you're at it, make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, reviewing this podcast. I know that sounds like a lot, but it helps so much. And we're, we're having a good time. Mm-hmm. We're healing. <laughs> it feels good. Mm-hmm. So just like 
just a little extra sauce, sharing it with a friend, rate and review it. It really helps and we appreciate it. Yeah. And if you have a topic or um, conversation that you want to hear us talk about or a story you'd like to share on your own, shoot us an email at I'm fine sometimes at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening.